Hi, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast Season 2, and I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is a podcast dedicated to all things food, from recipe ideas to interviews with chefs, producers, purveyors, farmers, and people who just love culinary adventures like myself. So join us here on Fridays to explore the world through the lens of food, and together we can share some yummy food, some laughs, and I welcome you here at my table always. And if you're ready, let's go on a food adventure together starting right now. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is episode 16, season two, coming at ya. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for being here. If you've been here a while, well, thank you for listening. I love you. And you know what I'm gonna say. You know the drill, don't take notes. I've taken all your notes. Go to my website for everything, elizabethrfuller.com. While you're there, check out my amazing food and product photography. It's what I do for a living. I am a professional at it. If you need photos, well, hit me up. If you've got questions for the podcast, if you want to be on the podcast, if you need culinary sleuthing of any kind, I am here for you. Send me an email. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. And of course, tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram at let's go on a food adventure. All right, you guys, let's go on a food adventure. Woohoo! It's the morning. I'm recording this on a Monday. I don't normally get a case of the Mondays. I don't have a case of the Mondays. I, uh, when you work for yourself, you know, there really isn't a defined weekend sometimes that, like, you're just constantly going and I have to remind myself to stop and take time to find balance. I know I've mentioned that many times on the podcast. I'm always striving to find the most amount of balance in my day. Work, mental, emotional, food, everything. I like balance. She likes to be balanced. That's who I am. That's how I roll. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't get a case of the Mondays, but it is Monday. And I do have a case of severe seasonal allergies. So if I, again, sound raspy or slightly nasally or I sound like I smoked a carton of cigarettes and have like a bunch of cats rolling around me, it's not the case. It's not the case at all. Um, Not that all cat lovers smoke or all smokers have cats. It's just a, I want to paint the uh, allergic picture that you may be hearing in your your head for you. Yesterday was one of the first warmer days we've had in New England for a, a second, and uh, meaning this past Sunday. When you listen to this, you'll be like, wait, it's Friday. Anyway, we're time traveling. And uh, I went outside and enjoyed my backyard and read a book and <laughs> had a seltzer and just relaxed. And unfortunately, this morning I woke up and my eyes are so swollen and my throat is so raspy and I'm so um, pollen overload. So here we are. But I won't make you listen to me sound raspy in your ear because we have a podcast to do. We have we have a guest to get to. So I think we should get to it. All right. My guest today. Who doesn't want to talk about fun things like baking and cakes and sweets? I don't know. Maybe somebody who's gluten free, but I bet she could bake you a gluten free cake. Or maybe somebody who's lactose intolerant. I bet she could do something for your lactose intolerancy as well. Because she is 
a mastermind in the kitchen when it comes to baking. She is a repeat offender on this podcast. You might recognize her from such episodes as episode four, season one, where she came on and blew my mind, and yours as well probably, about wine. She's a certified sommelier. She is an amazing friend who I've known for a long, 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 long time. A mom, a wife, just an all-around freaking good human. I love having her in my life. I love being able to call her a friend. Please welcome to the podcast, Sarah McKinley. Hi, Sarah. She's back. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to talk to you. I'm happy to have you here. Um, So lots of change since we last talked. Since you were last, I mean, we talked all all the time, but since you were last on the pod. Yeah. Things um, have changed for our girl. I'm I'm one of the statistics, one of the working women that became sort of a not working woman or semi-working woman. Uh, no, you're definitely still yeah. a working woman. Like, uh-uh, no, no, no. You still hustle. You're still a working woman. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So for the people who did not catch your first episode, which I will link in the show notes, go back, listen to it, especially if you're a wine lover. Oh my God, Sarah, we could like, I was mesmerized just sitting here listening to you talk all about wine, which we could talk about for literally days. Um, Tell people where you're from, who you are. So yeah, I'm um, from New Hampshire, from Nashville, New Hampshire, which is where I've met Beth. Mm -hmm. And I have um, lived in the seacoast in Bob and Barrington, but I worked in the seacoast around Portsmouth for the last, like, you know, maybe 13 years as 14 years as a wine sales rep. I got my certification, my sommelier certification in 2009 and um, worked with a couple different distributors um, over the years with focuses on mostly European wines. And then the pandemic hit and I worked for a very small company at that point. And so, um, they had to make some cuts and it worked out for me because I had to stay home because my kids were not in school at the time they were remote. So I kind of pivoted to being a sort of stay at home mom. I did a lot of sommelier consulting still. I do, you know, events for corporations. I do wine dinners and, um, stuff like that, but I've also sort of pivoted into, um, into making cakes, mostly cakes, but also cupcakes, desserts, macarons, and, you know, little miniature treats and all sorts of stuff, which is, I mean, yeah. not crazy because I know you're an incredible cook. Like you love cooking and yeah. obviously being a lover of wine, you love drilling down on the nuances of flavors and things. And mm-hmm. you also like the technical aspects of, of just life in general, which why baking <laughs> for you, you gravitated towards it. Not because like you're super type a by any stretch of the imagination, but you you can follow detail and recipe well, probably better than me. It's funny sure. though, because I never considered myself a baker and it wasn't until I had kids when I started making their birthday cakes because, because I'm such a cook and I love to do everything myself. I didn't want to also I'm cheap. I didn't want to go necessarily like spend a bunch of money for stuff I could do myself. And now doing it, I realized why everything costs so much money. Um, but, um, so I just started making their cakes and, and that was really my first foray into baking. And it wasn't even until the pandemic where I really got into baking other stuff. Like I'm one of those, you know, I, I, I now I've, my sourdough starter is rising and I'm starting my, my loaf. <laughs> 
for tomorrow because I'm one of those one of those persons now that makes sourdough once a week. <laughs> That's so awesome. My sourdough starter uh, from 2020 definitely rip RIP. Like she died. Well, luckily, summer, one of sure. mine twice twice I killed it in the oven by accident. Because in the winter you can have it. It's not a proof. It's not like a proof setting. But if you have the light on in the oven, it'll help the um, start to rise faster. And then I forgot it's in there and went to make dinner and turned, turned on the oven. So luckily I've been an evangelical, like evangelizing, um, sourdough <laughs> break, baking to my friends that I have multiple friends that I could get starter from, which was from my starter originally. Perfect. So, so we're all good. No. And that makes it even better because the, the, the nuances in their own home and all the different <laughs> yeah. flavors and yeah, I mean, we can totally geek out on that. So yeah. now baking. So you're baking cake, like just even baking cakes. There's so much we can drill down on here. And like a lot of this you're self-taught. It's not like you went to culinary school. You didn't get a degree in pastry. So what are some of your, like, how are you learning how to do this and decorate? Like just YouTube and this shit up girl. Like, what are you? And actually I, and I love YouTube. I'm a huge, huge, um, advocate for YouTube when you're trying to learn something new, but honestly, that hasn't been one of my, any of my avenues this time. Um, mostly because I'm a confident cook and I can follow, uh, you know, I used to not like to bake because I, I, I don't follow recipes. I'm a horrible recipe follower, but baking is different. You kind of like, okay, this is what you have to do. I'm not going to like sub this for this. Although there is more leeway. People say it's such a science and you have to stick strictly, it's, it's honestly practicing. It's the more you do something, the more you get more confident at it. But there's a lot of creators that I follow on Instagram, for example, TikTok even, but, but cook, cook books. I, I'm, I can't I'm, figure out TikTok to see. I'm a my child. Life. I am obsessed with TikTok. All my friends oh, make fun of me. I'm like the kid. <laughs> it's so great. I oh, love it so, so much funny. for so many different things. And like, there's just so much. It's, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, so, but cookbooks and I'm a huge, huge, I love, love. We've talked about our yeah. love of cookbooks before I collect cook- cookbooks. Um, and so basically I just have, you know, scoured lots of recipes and I've tried so many kinds and I'm still, I'm still sort of narrowing down what my favorite, and I might tweak some to, 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 I need to do more R and D and work on this myself when I don't have customers that I'm I'm like, I'm not going to experiment with them, but I have certain cakes that I use for different types, like cupcake, like I have a cake recipe. I love that is great for, for um, layer cakes, but it's not really, it's a little too light and not as dense. It doesn't hold up for cupcakes. Well, so I use a different recipe for that. And it's literally just a matter of trying, trying so many, but in terms of my favorite, like cook, book so far for cakes is the Christina Tosi. She mm. has a, um, the book that's just called all about cake mm-hmm. and there's lots and lots of recipes and different frostings and different fillings. And it, it's a great, even if you don't use it and cook from it, it's a really great basis for like inspiration for how to mix and match textures and flavors and what, whatnot. Um, and I do really love her base recipe. It's my favorite. It's also like the most labor intensive. To All me, of her, so. I was just going to say that because I have, I know I have her milk bar. Cause she, for people who don't know, Christina Tosi is famous for the milk bar empire, um, which is a subsidiary of David Chang. And the two of them came together and created this incredible, uh, dessert concept. Mm-hmm. And so I have, I know I definitely have that cookbook and the cookies I have made, I've made almost every cookie recipe from that cookbook 
they are so effing good. Yeah. The amount of labor that goes into them <laughs> is insane. Some of the cookie recipes are two day recipes. No yeah, joke. I've, I've never, I don't have that one. I should get it, but I have tasted some, um, our mutual friend, Lisa, Arnold yes, had the corn cookie. Like the corn, they're so good. They're, they're so good. good. I know. I know. <laughs> But there's so many steps that people don't realize. And the thing, the thing, and like, I'm a huge British Bake Off Mm. fan, right? Like love. So watching even that show and hearing them talk about the crumb and the texture and like different types of cakes yield different crumb structures, which, you know, I mean, it, as you think about it, the cakes are dense and tall and layered on top of layers. Mm -hmm. And so you don't want it to, I mean, I've seen the episodes where, the tent gets a little too warm and these things start like cleaning yeah, like the tower of pizza, you know, yeah, or bulge or so it, it's, it really is. You have to have a lot of forethought with what the, the structure is going to need to hold probably yes. in terms and of decor. Christine Sosi actually just did like a baking, like a 30 day, I didn't do it, but a 30 day class. And there's a lot of places you can take classes and stuff. And actually speaking of how did I learn stuff? There's, um, a website. There's a woman who's really famous for making fondant cakes, which I, I don't love. I do work with it, um, but I don't love fondant. Sometimes it's fun though. You feel like you're just playing with adult play yeah, like totally. and stuff. But um, this woman, Yolanda, Yolanda something. Anyway, she has a, a site called how to cake it. And mm. they have so many um, live tutorials. So I've done a couple live tutorials. One of them was for French macarons. Another one was for mini pavlovas. Um, and they have different um, content creators that they use. There's probably like 20 different people. I've done another one with, with sugar cookies, learning how to like pipe royal icing and whatnot. Um, and so that's a really great resource. But it back to, to, to like learning and, and differentiating mm. the styles of cakes, there's, I am recently even just learning this as I make more and more, like I love sometimes the flavor um, and the texture of a cake made with oil. It's much lighter and fluffier. And then a cake made with butter is more denser and it will hold up. I like a combination and I like buttermilk in it. So it's just a matter of kind of, again, I'm going to say this a lot, probably it's just practice. And the more you do something, the more you'll figure out what works for you and what style that you like. But, um, I, I like the ones that are combination, which is why I really do love the Christina Tosi recipe because it does have butter, but it also has oil. So it kind of, it's, it threads the line of both, but hers can be really, really light. So if I'm making like a super tall layer cake, or if I'm doing cupcakes, I'll use some, a different recipe. Um, Smitten Kitchen also, she's not known as a baker, but her book, her most I don't know if it was her most recent but there's there's a really great cake guide in the back that lists base recipes for just one eight eight inch cake and there's like four or five different base cakes and then different frostings and you can mix and match and so I tend to and that's a really good it has butter and buttermilk and it's just a very easy to Mm. put together recipe as well no and that I mean so that leads me to my next question which is if you're not working in a commercial kitchen setting right and like you have when you're working in a commercial kitchen you have so many things available to you whether it be different size cake pans mm-hmm. you know uh, maybe mixer. two mixing bowls like let mm-hmm. alone like you know anything basic because people don't realize if you don't have more than one mixing bowl for your stand mixer Yes. It takes so much time to clean those things and and like, right. And like, so if you're not working in that commercial kitchen setting, one, how quickly costs add up, right? Like, 
And then on top of that, your time. Well, the time, it's more so time than the cost because although you do get discounts and you can buy um, King Author Flower, actually, you can buy commercial through them if you're buying mm. large, large amounts. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of places that you can, there are small, even, and I found a lot of these places during the pandemic, some restaurant supply stores um, that are delivery services, like not not like, like Cisco, but not, um, yeah. but they have locally, you can find out what restaurants use and you can get really discounts on 50 pound bags of flour and whatnot. So, so that is easy. It really is a time though, cause I'm not in a commercial kitchen yet. Um, and I've looked at renting some spaces, but I'm not trying to scale my business to the point where I need like a very large space. So until something small comes up, but it is a matter of like, yeah, multiple mixing bowls so that you can, you know, switch over. I can't even fit, even if I want to make like, say I'm trying to make, you know, six, eight inch layers of cake at one time. I can't, I have a, I have a, not a commercial grade, but I have a, not the base level of mixer. So it's a nice mixer, but it's not that large. So I can only, no. fit, I can fit like maybe four, four cakes in it at once, but then, so you have to do it all over. And a lot of cake recipes actually are not great scaled. So you have to find ones that are made are already written for that. So it ends up being, you have to just you know, keep remaking them. So it's really the time that goes into it. Well, yeah, the time, but then like, even if you want to practice, oh, right? Yes. Like, I mean, the supplies you have, you have to spend money on to practice plus all of these funky decor supplies, like yeah, those and things so cost a ton of money, passion fruit curd. And <laughs> you know, like that's not, those aren't, and the, and the things that taste the best cost money. Like yes. they're not, this to is use not good to you have to use good, good quality chocolate. Yeah. We can talk about the ingredients and stuff later, but, um, there are some places there are local where I live. There is a, a party. It's called the It's a party supply store, but they specialize in cake decorating as mm. well, which has been fantastic. Cause I can go there if I'm like, Oh no, I just ran out of cupcake boxes. I can run there and get the size I need. Um, and they have every sort of tip you can imagine and sprinkles and they're great for, um, they have all sorts of mold and cookie cutters and it's just wonderful. I was like a kid in a candy store in there, but even party, <laughs> yeah, like regular party supply stores are great for that. Honestly, Amazon has anything you need. I don't love shopping at Amazon because I, it, I, I cry inside every time I get a package that's just all bubble wrapped in plastic for like three things, no. but sometimes you can't, I can't get to the store. I can't, and it's here in two days and it's so hard, but no, so you're do, right. You're I totally do right. buy stuff from there, even though I try not to. And it's, it's honestly, sometimes it's cheaper. Like if I get a discount box of cake boxes, you know, 50 of them for, you know, $30 versus a dollar 50 a piece at the other place. So yeah, you got to do. No, totally. And like, you know, I, I think one of the other things I'd love to ask you is that, cause I went through this too, when you transition from doing something you love for fun, like making and baking and cooking for people, that was always just a way you showed love. That was an extension of your love for someone. Right. And now you're transitioning it into a full-blown business. Like there's a lot of things in between those steps that you see or you don't see if you haven't, even if you've done this multiple times, there's still new things that come up for someone who's looking to make a leap into changing something that was fun into something they want to make money off of as a business. Do you have any advice for them? I'm the worst person. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
And these are things my we my husband and I talk about a lot. He has an MBA, and so he's always like, "Well, mm. what is your? Did you write your business plan? What are you yeah, going to yeah, do yeah. with this?" And I'm like, yeah. "Well, some people just like start doing it, and it works because you know people like there's a it's the whole the 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 business side of it is really not my forte, and I'm small enough right now that it it's not really a worry. I'm not like I'm not buying a bakery, and I'm not going to lose you know hundreds of thousands of dollars if this doesn't work. So I'm very lucky in that regard, and I'm very grateful that this can be like a business, but like a side, just something for me to do that I can be fulfilled with while I'm home with my kids, honestly. Um, so it is more of like, just, just, you have to think something you have to think about is actually like, you know, paying your taxes and forming an LLC and doing, you know, researching cottage baking laws. New Hampshire doesn't have very strict laws, so it's okay to sell stuff out of the house. But I have a lot of friends that own small businesses and retail stores that are like, oh, I'd love for you to make cupcakes for me. And, and I'm still working out the process of like, can I do that? Is that something like, can I do that for my own kitchen? Cause I'm not out of a commercial kitchen. Right. Is there like a threshold number that you have to be aware of if you get over yeah, and well, it's and called so- a cottage baking law. That's adorable, yeah. New Hampshire. All- oh, you're- well, it's everywhere. That's 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 cottage baking is what it's okay. called. And, and and it's actually world. I think they call that in, in England as well. But in the U.S., if you have a little home bakery, it's called a cottage bakery. That's adorable. Which is, which is very cute. But so there's lots of laws, and they differ from state to state. But for for here, like. I can sell anything with American buttercream, but I have to be very tricky if I sell Swiss meringue buttercream. What? Yeah, because Swiss meringue buttercream has eggs in it. So it's just a matter of like doing your research. (laughs) And um, oh my God, I never realized that would be an issue because the egg whites aren't tempered. Yeah, well, they get cooked, but because they're in it and it's totally fine, like it's not, but there's just food safety issues. Yeah. Like you should keep it in the fridge overnight. And that's the same. So if I'm trying to sell cupcakes to my friend at another store for them to resell or something, right? Liability. And then I have to put all the ingredients. Is it something they can leave out overnight or have to put in the fridge? There's sure. just little, like little nuances to think about that. It, I just, it, it becomes more like, oh, it's not just fun. Like, you know, like, like yeah, I can't just post this on Instagram and then yeah. have people be like, oh my God, my kid has a birthday next week and I want a spaceship cake. And you're like, done. Like yeah. there's, there's other, that's wow. I didn't even realize that because yeah. And I just read, well, I, I worked with I didn't read this. I worked with a client, one of my clients who is in uh, confections and uh, nuts and all of this stuff. And I think sesame is now labeled, uh, an allergen by the FDA. Oh, and so, uh, there are a lot of companies are going through huge rebranding. I could be wrong with that. Don't quote me on it people, but I think it is. And so yeah, companies are going through huge rebranding repackaging thing because of one little thing. And if you're not up on it, Hmm. I mean, yeah, there's a lot that goes into this printing like labels right right now I don't need to put ingredients no. or labels but if I were selling them at a store it would have to include all that which is yeah. all stuff yeah. that's easy to do but it's just one more thing on top of you know everything else yeah and so, so th- now this is a selfish question because this is something that I strive for um, and then we'll get definitely more into decorating and baking and all the fun stuff but like recently I've I've really tried to prioritize finding balance in my own day because when you work for yourself, you are either 120%, you don't mm-hmm. stop. 
And you just, you, you, you find yourself somewhere in the day going, holy shit, I can't believe it's blah, blah, blah time. And Mm -hmm. I still have to do so so much more, but then you still want to be present in your own life. Like, and, and so I am desperately trying to find where's the balance between these two things, lives that I'm, I'm marrying together. How do you find your balance? Because not only are you starting this up, you also have other things going on. You're a mom, you've got kids, you're a wife, you've got, there's a lot of things in the background. And you also have a shit ton of friends, like Mm -hmm. that you try to balance all of this on top of this new business. Like, how do you do it? How do you find your balance? What do you do to find it? Well, and right now it's tricky because it's garden like gardening season mm-hmm. is starting, which in my, in another life, I'm a homesteader in my head, 100%. <laughs> like, which I'm not really, but this year I'm like, I'm going to do seeds, which was so I, in the winter before I was like, I'm really going to put effort and like try to build this business. I decided I was going to do everything from scratch and I was just going to be home all summer gardening. And that, you know, that's taken a back burner. So you have to choose, you know, you have to make tough decisions. You have to say no is the number one thing I think there. Mm-hmm. And, and to say no, if, if there's too many people I'm I've, I've always had a hard time saying no, especially for friends. So when I suddenly like have a friend's like, Oh, I forgot to ask you, but so-and-so is birthday is, uh, you know, this weekend, like that happened to me, um, not too long ago. And luckily I had, I had an extra layer of cake in the freezer that I was like, here you go. I won't, it's fine. But, Mm -hmm. um, when people ask for things and you have, you have too much going on, then it, you know, like you said, it affects the quality of life. And I just have to learn to say no more and not take on too much, but that's hard if you're trying to build things. And No, I, I know. And that's so funny. You said that about gardening. So right now we're recording, um, almost the end of, uh, March, and this will be somewhere in April, which is so on topic because I decided, and I do this every freaking year, bought a ton of seeds. Did you? Yep. 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 And I bought a lot of my seeds came from, oh, what the hell's the name of the company? It's Dan Barber from, um, Bluestone. Yep. And he's got a seed, a side seed company. Mm. And I think it's called like seven row maybe Mm. anyway. So I have tons of seeds from that. And then I still have tons of seeds from Baker Creek and I have, uh, some I'm going to have to get, and we're talking four raised beds here, like, (laughs) right. So it's not like I have acreage, like it's literally four raised beds. Have you started them yet? No. And I'm so behind the ball. So today I'm going to do that. Oh, that's good. I'm going to next week, hopefully like this week's when we should have put like tomatoes and stuff in our seedlings and all the hearty stuff should have already been in there. And I know it's all fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I did mine. Well, because two years ago, three, whatever year it snowed in May, like we had that right. Mother's day. It's not a mother's day. Yeah. And all of my, my like lettuces and anything I had already planted killed. And like, mm-hmm. not right away, they got diseased because they got too cold and, and dead. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, I kill bamboo. So I am <laughs> really good at killing plants. So this year I was like, okay, I'm going to get the seedlings in, but where do you keep your seedlings? Well, that's you- the thing. So I, we have a sunroom, but it's very cold and I don't Mine think it, too. Gets, I don't yeah. think it gets quite warm enough. So I was going to get one of those little tiny stand-up ones that you can get from like Home Depot or Amazon for okay. like 60 to seven to a hundred dollars or something. Just my friends have one 
And this is why I'm so silly is that my neighbor has a huge greenhouse that I get tons of seedlings for free from as do one of my really good friends. But what why do doing? I decide why are you doing this that I need to grow them? Cause I'm like, yeah. well, you're not growing the kinds of tomatoes I like, and I need tomatillos and you know, so. okay. Can we talk about tomatillos for a second? We're yes. totally going off topic, but I don't okay. care. I grew tomatillos for the first time in my life this past mm. year. Those things take over your entire garden like mint. I have so, never seen anything creep. Like yeah, I'll say this year you'll have some volunteer tomatillos. So like some really? will just come up from the seeds that if you didn't take all of the little, you know, the I'm fruit sure out, I didn't. If a couple left there, you'll get a few sprout out. And I've had some like bare fruit and it's fine. I love growing them. Um, I've gotten different kinds in the past. Mine last year weren't great. I got them from like a teacher at my kid's school that she had a few seedlings, but they just weren't super hardy. And then years ago, I used to go and get them all from a woman down the street who had a, you know, uh, honor system where you just yeah. go buy six packs and her stuff was so, so good. And she stopped doing it like three years ago, which is so sad. <sighs> so now I'm going to try, I have two varieties. Um, that I'm going to try to grow. And I just love it. Cause I just can, I can so much enchilada sauce and we just eat that like into dips and into soups and, you know, enchiladas yeah. like all, all winter long, um, and fresh salsas and stuff. It's just really easy. You don't have to touch them. You don't have to do anything with them. So. No, you don't. But the problem but they was, do, they, they're huge. They they're take up huge. A they take up a ton of space. And again, four raised beds. And when yeah. I put them in, I put them right next to these huge plots of tomatoes thinking, oh. oh, they all live harmoniously together. Fuck it. And then yeah. not so much. Like yeah. I totally overcrowded everything. And then it was survival of the fittest and nothing survived. Like put it, it at the edge of a bed so that it can just flop over and not. And then you put, did you use I did cage? cages yeah. and they still, they grew out of the cages Yeah, and then just like kept, they were in so my neighbor's yard. They were huge and they just crawled. Yeah. They're, I think like, there is that means it's indeterminate where they just keep going and like will flop over. They don't like stay. No, no, it's insane. But anyway, so yeah. I'm you're gonna have to come down and you're gonna <laughs> have to. I will feed you and we will. You will have to my garden oh, because my God. I'll bring cupcakes. <laughs> okay, perfect. I will feed you whatever you want. I'll take pictures of your cupcakes. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> no, there we go. <laughs> okay. So back on, back on track, cake, yeah. baking, cake, baking, and decorating. Now baking and decorating are two totally different categories. Like there, and I know you have to do it together, but they're sort of left totally, brain, right brain. Yeah. It's two totally different skill sets. And so like right before you mentioned fondant fondant for people who don't know what fondant is, what is it? Just to so fondant me. is, um, like a gum or you could use gum paste too. people use. And mm -hmm. it is just a, um, basically like Play-Doh that you can eat and it's made, I think it's I actually forget how it's made. Cause I've never made it. A lot of people make it themselves, but that's just one more thing that I don't really Yeah, No, I think it's made for. with almonds. No, like, um, hold on. No, you're thinking of marzipan. Yeah, no, it's not marzipan. But there's also gum paste, which is very similar. Um, oh, it's kind of. Like, is it like marshmallow? So no, because it's not. It is sweet, but not quite as sweet. Um, egg whites, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I'm googling. <laughs> but but there are. Oh, I'm gonna look up. There's a woman who I'm obsessed with on Instagram. Um, mm. that I will send you that you can put in the show notes. Yeah, please. For IG. Um, Kiong cakes and she just does the most amazing art and, and she's really inspired me to try it. I just haven't had time and it's really tricky. So 
like I said, you'd have to practice, practice, practice. I don't want to eat all of this stuff. So no. like, I don't want to practice and it's so delicious that I do end up eating it. So like, I'm not going to just make a cake, cover it in fondant for fun. Although I should, I'll just send it to work with my husband or get, go drop it off at a friend's house. Cause I do need to, to practice these, but she does these really interesting cakes where she'll make little animals or um like she'll make like a taco and avocado cake and she'll do these long rolls of fondant Mm -hmm. and it when you cut it so she makes it sort of layered and strip and then when you cut it and press it flat it looks like the thing it's supposed to be and then she'll put those little things on top of a white and roll it all together and then suddenly it's like a cake covered in little tacos and avocados or little ladybugs and she did one with like women of the world all different skin tones and hairs that go all the way around and it's just magnificent and she does it i mean it's sped up in the timing and the reels i'm sure it takes her a lot longer but she makes it look so easy oh i know don't they all i can do that and that's kind of why <laughs> like who am i to think i can do this way i have no training but watching a <laughs> People do it. They make it look so easy, and it really isn't that hard if you just practice and practice, practice and practice and practice. I so the cake, cake decorating. The I actually learned. I worked at Dairy Queen for years when yeah. I was in high school, and I, I decorated remember. all the cakes there. So that actually, you know, gave me a little bit of a leg up. That's my little bit of a training in that yeah. regard. But I learned to pipe roses and borders, and I learned how to use the, you know, cake cake tools and spatulas and, um, you know, bench scrapers and all of that. So that really helped, but it had been years since I had done any of that. Um, and really I didn't start again until my oldest daughter's probably third birthday when she like said she wanted a flower party. That was her theme. So then I had to make the flower <laughs> cake and I just start doing it all over again. I'm like, Oh, I'm not too bad at this. It's really fun. And I love like doing the color theory and like, not, not color theory, but like making different colors. Like yes. I have so many food coloring. I, I use, there's all sorts of stuff. There's powders and gels and, and just kind of like, oh, one part, this two part, this, and like seeing it all come together is really, what do you prefer? Do you prefer gel over powder or mixture? So there's a company called sugar art and they do powders. They have the elites, which are powders that are really, really good for coloring chocolate. And then their master elites, which are more for, um, you know, icing, royal icing or buttercream and mm-hmm. their master elites are amazing. You need like the tiniest bit of, 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 um, powder, but I, I love them, but I also, I find that the gel is a little easier to work with. Americolor is really good and they have sets you can buy that have like, maybe like, you know, 10 different colors or there's sets you can buy that have like 150 colors. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's easier to use cause it's easier just to squeeze it out. If you know, they come in like the tubes, yeah. but, um, but I do love the powder and sugar art. There's a few other ones too, but they do really fun prism powder as well, which is like glittery Ooh. sparkle that are so good for decorating. You just use a, um, like a, a paintbrush or I, you can buy brushes for, for cake decorating, but I bought like a mini paintbrush set. Yeah. And so you just dip it in and kind of like, almost know, like luster dust, luster that, dust. Yeah. yeah. Or you can do that with like gold paint dust. You can also mix it with a little alcohol and paint on mm. it. I'm making a cake this weekend, um, a tie dye cake. That's going to be American buttercream. And I'm going to just paint all the swirls on so that it looks like watercolor sort of. Ooh, um, that'll be, be pretty. Fun. Okay. So I guess then we need to back up. So we, we learned what Swiss meringue, Swiss yep. meringue buttercream is American buttercream. Tell everyone that what that is just so, so Swiss meringue buttercream again is it start with, and this difference here besides egg whites, it's regular sugar. So mm-hmm. it's, they call it castor sugar in the UK, just regular sugar here. Yep. And what you do is you heat up 
the sugar and the egg whites on the stove. I do it just right in my mixing bowl until it all dissolves until you don't, you can do a test where you feel it between your hands and it's, it's cleared. So it's like, you're making, you do the same thing to start with macaron or pebble mm-hmm. or something as well. I mean, a pebble, excuse me, meringue. So you do that and then you beat the egg whites on in the mixer and then you add your butter in that way with American buttercream, you start with your butter and you fluff that up and you add just confectionery sugar and you can add some flavoring agents, um, or you just add a little heavy cream or milk to, to kind of, um, make it creamy. And I, I honestly love, I like both. I work more with American buttercream because that's what people request usually, um, I love the texture of the Swiss meringue buttercream and it's not as sweet, but it's very buttery. And then whereas the American buttercream can be too sweet. So I'm really extra. So I mix the two together. I would do. (laughs) I totally agree with you for cakes I'm doing for myself or for friends or like, you know, dinner parties and stuff, I'll go the extra and and do that. And I, I offer that to customers too. It's just going to cost more because it's pain in the butt. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause you're making two different kinds and yeah. combining them. And I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, American buttercream, it really gets like rock hard when you put it, once you frost the cake and, and do everything. Yes. And, and you it- put it cause it's straight up butter like butter and sugar it gets hard but it also it crystallizes sometimes mm-hmm. it gets a shell which is why for the cake I'm doing this week and the tie-dye cake it's going to work really well because it'll have like almost a crust on it that'll be good to paint with mm-hmm. and I always put cakes in and out of the fridge while I'm de- decorating um that's something that you know, I had to learn to, and freezer, freezer is your friend too. When you can freeze your layers right before you're going to bake them. I mean, not bake, excuse me, right before you frost them, or you can, it's actually a lot of people recommend baking a couple days in advance and even freezing for a day. It keeps it a little bit moister. Actually, if you wrap in saran wrap while it's still a little bit warm, not straight out of the oven, but while it's still like a little bit warm to the touch, wrap it in saran wrap and then freeze it. It like locks in the moisture. Um, and other ways to keep it moisture. There's, I don't, I went a little off topic, but no, you you're do, good. You know, syrups and flavorings. A lot of people do um, simple syrups over it, but you can find so many ways to flavor that. Like if I do chocolate cakes, sometimes I'll do a chocolate milk simple syrup, um, a vanilla milk simple syrup. If you're doing it on a white or vanilla cake, um, yeah, you can add flavorings to it. You can make like a lemon syrup if you're doing citrus cake. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, then you can take stuff from your garden too and infuse syrups. And yeah. Then, with herbs and stuff yeah. as well. Yeah. And we have a, tons of raspberries. I do a lot of raspberries, <sighs> like compotes and raspberry fillings. And, um, and w- one tip for, for, for frosting, mm. you, you can buy these anywhere. The freeze dried fruits. Oh yeah. Those, so those, if you buzz up in a blender or food processor and before make sure they're very, very fine. Or when you go to pipe it, it'll be problematic. But if you buzz it up super, super fine, you can add that right into frosting and it gives it a pretty color, but it adds a lot of flavor too. Mm. Um, and it, I love doing that, especially the raspberry because there's so much acidity in it that it offsets the sweetness of the sugar in the frosting. I also use a little citric acid in, in, um, frostings often because it just balances, it balances out the sweetness. I love that. Yeah. I bet if you took it in like a spice grinder mm-hmm. and made it into a fine powder, mm-hmm. um, your, your freeze. Yeah, and they have so many kinds you can get the strawberry, the raspberry, blueberry, mixed berry, like even mango. And Oof. I love doing tropical. Um, yeah. Tropical I'm in. 
I'm totally in. Um, mm-hmm. I'm always looking for really good piping bags uh, and, and tips. I have not found any that I love. Do you have, yeah. do you have a brand that you absolutely love working with? So I, I don't, this is a brand that I've had, um, for, I think this is the second time I've bought them. Cause there's a hundred of the bags and I had mm. to go look up and see, but it's called keen pioneer. Okay. And I've had other kinds where I didn't like it as much cause they were a little flimsy. These, I don't, I love these cause they're so sturdy, but then I don't, cause it's just like, are they reusable? Plastic you can, but they're no, they're not. I, no, so I use right. these when I'm doing bigger, um, you, so I can cut it wide, cut yep. it higher when I'm decorating the final aspect of it, or if I'm doing big, like, um, there, I have really large piping tips for certain finishes on cakes. Um, but I tend to use, I have two or three, they're just blue and sort of like yes. plastic. It's exactly and, and, what I have. Yeah. And those are fine. They're fine for, cause I use those for when I'm decorating, like when I'm layering the cakes and adding the filling and making a dome around yep. so that the filling doesn't leak in and all of that. Um, and that's fine for that. I have cut one, I've, I have a few of them, but one of them I cut higher up to try to put the bigger piping backs in it, but they don't, they, they get a little tricky. So no, they and do then, it. I did the same thing and then mine split and I was like, Son oh. of a. yeah. But- I just, and those I have, I've had for years, actually, since before I started selling cakes, because I just, you know, I ended up buying a lot of stuff over the years just because I would make them for friends and family. And so luckily when I decide that, oh, I don't, you know, I'm going to try to make a business out of this. I had a lot of supplies already. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) No, girl, I feel you on that one. (laughs) Oh, I mean, who, who has two vacuum sealers in their life? I do. Ah. Vacuum sealer. I have one. Like, well, I have a a big one and a portable handheld one. So I guess you do too. (laughs) That's why we are kindred spirits. We yes. are sisters from another mister. All right, yes. do you want to answer a couple of listener questions? Sure. Yeah. All righty. Caroline from Instagram writes, I feel like I'm the queen of nailed it when it comes to baking. I have the best of intentions and then, then disaster strikes. What advice do you have for someone who really loves to try, trying to bake those fancy cakes but just can't make it happen? Oh, that's tricky because it, it, like I said before, and that's not a fun answer, but it's just practice, practice, practice. And yeah. and the baking part you can get. So the, the decorating part, it really helps. And, and I've done this a lot is to just make a batch of buttercream when you have some time and just lay out a, um, a, like a sheet pan or something and just practice piping and just practice doing that practice piping. You can also make cake layers decorate it and just scrape the frosting off and do it again. Yeah. So a lot of, um, a lot of content creators on Instagram and TikTok, they'll use the same cake base, like over them. They won't eat it eventually, but they just use it and different and they'll make a bunch of different, um, designs on it. Cause they plan out their content months in advance. So they're like making, you know, in January they're making Easter bunny cakes and stuff. And so they'll just keep the same one and do a bunch of videos over like, you know, a week or something and make new frosting or salvage what they can. And, um, but yeah, it's just, it's practicing, but I mean, a home baker is not going to want to do that. So my advice would be to have good tools. Like you don't need the craziest stuff, but you can use things that you have at home that you might not know are, are good for that. So if you have a bench scraper that you use for like baking bread or just, I mean, I had a bench scraper before I baked any bread 
at all, just because it's something people have in kitchens. I don't know what I used it for, but, but then I found out that the one that I have is tall enough that when I'm making like double layer eight inch cakes, it works really, really well to scrape the side Ooh. of a cake. Um, a turntable is really, really key. So that's something that you kind of really do need to, um, to bake a good, to, to decorate a good cake, if depending on what style you're doing, but there are ways around it. If you don't have that, you can maybe use a lazy Susan. I was just going to say, like, if you've got one of those old lazy Susans on your dining table or something, if you have a lazy Susan and you can put like a big extra large can of tomatoes on it and then put put a plate or put a base or something on that, um, that will help. It's a little precarious, (laughs) but, but, um, really it is having good tools and, and, and practice. Well, and it's really. good to know that you can, cause I, on, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I've ever thought, cause I've, I've had decorating issues too, where you're just like, oh shit. Like mm-hmm. this is cause one air bubble in that bag and you're like, yes. And then it just yep. goes everywhere. And you're like, well, that is a disaster. Um, yeah to scrape it off and start scrape it off and start over. And I've done that so many times, especially with drips. Sometimes you are trying to cut corners and you're like, Oh, I ran out of chocolate. I'm just going to use this candy melt, which I don't love candy. They're not good, but, but gear deli has some that are okay. And I'm like, well, I don't have time to make a ganache. Like you, you want to make like a a thinner ganache to use a drip. Yeah. And I've sort of, I'm just going to do this instead, or I'm going to use a spoon instead of putting it in a piping bag. And then it, of course it's not perfect. And so I, you literally can scrape it off. You freeze mm. it or not put it in the fridge for 10, 20 minutes, and then you can scrape it off and do it again. It's not fun. It sucks, but <laughs> then you'll get a better result at the end. Well, yeah. And I bet some do some frosting stain the cakes that you wouldn't be able to scrape off or would like colors or whatever. I'm not really. I mean, you okay. might have to make, if you mess up really bad and you have to scrape the whole sides, you keep your layers intact. But if you have to take the sides off, then you might need to make more frosting. And that's something tricky too, is I learned over trial and error is always make more frosting than you want. Frosting mm. will last a long time in the fridge. It lasts for a month in the fridge. I don't, I make them fresh for my customers, but it also lasts in the freezer for like three months. So oh, wow. if you have, if you have extra, throw it in the freezer and then maybe you're going to make some cupcakes and you want to add some decoration on a cupcake or there's always ways to use it. You can use it in cake pops or cakesicles if you have yeah. scraps lying around. Well, yeah. Cause I made, um, and then I swear to God, we'll move off this question. Chocolate ganache. Um, I have the, Oh God, what's the name of the cookbook? It's from the chick with the bakery in San Francisco. It's like eight something century baking or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she has, um, this chocolate ganache recipe in it. And she's like, you can keep that ganache in the fridge for a year. And I was like, mm. what? And I did. That's- and it worked so well later. That's interesting. Cause I have some in my fridge from probably two months ago that I'm like, I need to throw that away. And I open it to look at it. And I'm like, well, it looks okay. No, it's, it's fine. And yeah. cream, the cream, but the cream goes, but maybe some magic happens in chemistry yeah. when it's mixed with the chocolate. I, I wouldn't would, use that for a customer. I would eat it myself. I would yeah. eat it to my kids, but I would never use it. I use fresh for everybody else, yeah. but I still, I just looked at it literally yesterday. I was like, I guess it's okay. That's Oh yeah. I mean, God knows that high-end bakeries and restaurants, they do the same thing though. Like, yeah. I mean, my husband's an executive chef. He's a, he'll be the first to tell you that to lower the amount of food waste is yes. key, right? So you want to try to reuse 
things and repurpose things. And, you know, as long as it's safe to eat, like yeah. they will definitely do that, but no, totally. Um, so that's all good to know. All right. Louie from Instagram writes, do you have a bucket list cake you really want to make? I know so, I have one. So you go. Oh, I'm curious about yours. Um, for mine, it's not necessarily like a, 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 type of cake or there's lots of flavors and stuff I want to try, but I've seen a lot lately. There's a trend going towards these super ultra feminine cakes, mm. which are like, they're like on the same kind of cottage core. Have you heard of cottage core? Like no, it's cottage core. Cottage core is this thing on like TikTok where it's like fairies living in woods, baking breads and like all this random <laughs> kind of weird stuff. It's very strange. <laughs> I'm not on that part of TikTok. I love TikTok, but I am not on TikTok. Oh <laughs> but it's a style. But think like Marie Antoinette and frilly fabrics mm, and lace mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. little pearls and stuff. And that has been really popular. It was sort of not a backlash, but it was a trend that's been happening over the last couple of years. Like in 2020, rage baking was really big. Yeah. So people were baking cakes that just said like, you know, smash the patriarchy and like big yep. letters in the middle and that's all fun. Um, but then now there's sort of this move towards really ultra feminine cakes. And I think it would be so fun. I have all the piping tips. I have all the stuff and it's not something my brain doesn't necessarily go there creatively instantly, but when I see something, I can work from that and, and kind of make it my own. So I've seen lots of these really, really pretty cakes and they don't look that hard and you can use all different colors. You can do it super bright. You could do it more light and pastel or like a certain color theme. And it's just a matter of like placing, um, little chocolate beads in certain places and using ruffle tips and making like these edges along the side and doing multiple layers of mm. string. And it just looks really cool. I can't um, wait. To see, very ornate. I can't yes. wait to see it. Yeah. What was yours? Okay. So I had to Google the cookbook. It is baking at the 20th century is the uh. name of the cookbook, which I was referencing before. And it is her Russian honey cake. Oh, and I don't mean to like, I know everything with Ukraine, so I, I yeah. get it, right? But this honey cake, my God, I've my God. That. Yeah, the baker and author is Michelle Posen. And yeah. I'm sure other countries have a honey cake as well. So maybe it's mm-hmm. not just Russia, um, mm-hmm. but it is ultra thin layers. There's tons of them. It is very time consuming. If you don't have a double oven, it's going to take you a day to make just the yeah. layers of this. And it's very precise. <laughs> it is so not in my wheelhouse at all, but you know, your girl's going to try it one day. Yeah. And like, I also need like, it's such a huge cake that I need somewhere to take it. So it does not live in my home. Because well, yeah, you I don't want this. Event. I don't want to consume all of this cake. Mm-hmm. That's the other problem. And I'm sure you yeah. feel this too, that when, you are just doing something for funsies or practice, practice, practice. And you have all of this cake and cupcakes and cookies and things that you're just practicing with. You're like, mm-hmm. it needs to go out of my home. Like these yeah. things need to be, have a new home because my friends I, are very happy with this because yeah. they get, you know, I just dropped off some cakes. I'm trying to do cakesicles now because they're just really cute and yeah, easy so fun. and you can use like scraps and stuff. But, um, and so they're really rich though. Like they're delicious. They're tiny little things, but they're just, it, it's, it's cake and frosting covered in chocolate. Like I you can't eat that. Every can't go time. wrong, but yeah, you can't <laughs> eat that all the time. No, totally. Yeah. Um, okay. Th- uh, this, this one killed me. So Frankie in Hollywood and he, mm-hmm. they wrote, 
No, I'm not kidding. Um, you know, from <laughs> Hollywood. I love that. Your cakes are beautiful. What are your current favorite cake flavors and fillings? Are some easier to work with than others? Um, yeah, so I love the flavor. So back to recipes, Ina Garten has a chocolate cake recipe. That's uh, Betty's chocolate, uh, Betty's or Betty's chocolate cake. Mm. It's like an aunt of hers. And it is my absolute favorite in terms of flavor, but I can't use it for children because it has lots of coffee in it. <laughs> so uh... when I have birthday cakes and requests and stuff, but also the frosting is insane. It's so good. It has an egg yolk in it. It has real melted chocolate. It's just so good, but it's very hard to work with. Like it's very hard to decorate because if you have chilled cake layers and you're using this, it's a fairly light frosting, but then it gets on the cold. It just gets almost ganache like and it gets uh, hard. So it spread. seizes right up when it gets. Yeah. On the so cold. that's like yeah. my favorite in terms of flavor. And the last one I did with that, um, and I can send you a picture. It was just looked like a chocolate ganache, but I used a stencil with like white buttercream on top Mm. and it had this really pretty pattern on it. And it was just very simple. So that's a simple way to do something like that when you have a tricky frosting to work with. But right now my absolute favorite flavor of a cake and one I made last summer. Well, I don't know if it was summer for one of my girlfriend's birthdays. It is, was a vanilla layer cake with a passion fruit. I curd. knew you were going to say it. And then, uh, yes, it. So good. and then I mixed sweet, um, Swiss meringue buttercream and American buttercream together. And if I really was going to go crazy, I could have added some texture. I could have added some toasted coconut in the yeah. layers or some, you know, crumbled cookies, some shortbread or mm. some crumble, even crumbled animal crackers, mm. um, chocolate animal crackers are really good in between layers to add a crunch texture. I do that a lot with like very chocolate overload cakes where you can have like chocolate ganache as a layer with the buttercream with chocolate ganache and then these crunchy crackers. Love Um, that. So delicious. Yum. Okay. Um, Frankie too is always my favorite. Oh yeah. We'll put anything like funny bone, funny bone, funny bones. Yeah. Chocolate covered and peanut butter filled. Awesome. Sarah will uh, maybe toss out some, some recipes that she loves like the Anna Garten and I'll put them in the show notes. Becky in Portland writes, I love looking into my personal crystal ball for the food for the future. Becky, who doesn't, if you had to predict the cake trends for 2022, what would you say they are going to be? So it's, it's wild. Cause there's so many shows out there and there's a new show on Netflix, which I haven't I seen yet. Have you seen? It's like, is it cake? Is it cake? We um, watched it. Yep. Uh-huh. Watched I, all, I think we watched like six episodes of it. Oh, it's yeah. on my to-do list, but I haven't started it yet. Um, I'm going to start it later today while I bake some cakes. Excellent. <laughs> but um, so it, one popular 3D cakes are becoming more and more popular. So it's like mm. turning things into um, an object. And I've done a few, but again, you really need to have good fondant skills, which I don't yet necessarily. I do. It's actually, they all come great, but I'm my worst critic, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that is one of them where you're making like really life like animals and whatnot. Um, bubble cakes, I keep seeing a lot. What's a bubble cake? I guess that's the term for it. But what it is, is like, so if you have, you can make truffles. Um, you know how people made those cocoa bombs and they have these round yeah. 
Um, yeah. So and then they can, melt and they're like, yeah. And they mix them together. So you make all these, like, and they're not stuffed with anything necessarily, but, or you can even just go buy, you know, lint truffles, but that adds up, but, but there's also a way to make, um, not with gelatin, but with like candy, like, mm. like lollipop kind of stuff where you make balls. And so where there's bubbles all on the top and they come like cascading around Ooh. the side. So people are wanting a lot of bubble cakes, which is very random. And then the third, I would say maybe the number one is like these gravity defying which I've seen a lot of. Mm. I haven't made one yet, but it seems fairly simple where you have some sort of steak in the center, but then like you'll put a bag of Skittles and all the Skittles will be coming oh, out. Oh, sure. Well, cascading like out. Yeah. 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 And then some people will do like um, two cakes where the center looks like just it's a picture, but then there's two cakes. So you have, you have structure in the middle. Um, but so gravity defying cakes is another mm. one. Are so mirror say. cakes are out mirror glaze is out i don't i mean i haven't seen that a lot lately i saw that a while ago but um yeah. and i've never actually made one they look really fun but um they do I, but they also look like t- i want to eat like all of the frog it doesn't have yeah. the same flavor necessarily no uh-uh. okay that's really interesting yeah the um the thing about the cake show and i don't want to give anything away t- to you it, it's a very long show mm. so there's lots of episodes but the thing I thought was really interesting because, you know, as a food photographer and as a food stylist, you, there's a lot of when you're, when you're trying to mimic something. So say, for example, one of the cake challenges was to make a steak wrapped in cellophane huh. on a, on a, like a, Oh, so it looks styrofoam. like the, yeah. Yeah. The so it looks like a piece something. of steak and it's wrapped with cellophane wrapper on a piece of styrofoam. Like you'd buy at a grocery store, like yeah. an old school grocery store. And so to watch the baker try to make the cellophane wrapper was really interesting because, mm. you know, in food styling world, you to make certain things mimic real other things you do strange stuff well, to them you like, can use things that aren't edible for yeah just right well no it de- it's, no so yes and no so it depends like everyone always says uh you know motor oil on pancakes is probably <laughs> one of popular things instead of syrup but really? if you're shooting for the the syrup company, you can't use anything but their syrup. Right. And like, I don't use fake things like that. The only thing I'll use is when you, for example, when you pour in a cup of coffee into a mug, you'll see on the side, usually on just one side, some little bubbles appear as you're pouring something in. Right. And so to keep those little bubbles there, I will take a little bit of coffee and put it in a bowl and then some clear dish soap and mix it up and then the bubbles will stay and then you can carefully spoon each individual bubble onto the top of the coffee and then that should stay a little bit longer than um that's my trick yes (laughs) but anyway so (laughs) things like that but anyway in the baking world i was very surprised to watch what they were doing for these 3d cakes and things like that, because, uh, it was really interesting and they're trying to pack so much flavor and nuance too, because you want it to taste good. You don't want it to just look good. And that's a whole nother like layer pun intended of, uh, thing to think about as a baker, you, yeah, you can make it look like gravity defying and bubbles cascading off of it. But if it doesn't taste good, what the heck's the point? I made a, um, I forget what it was called. It's like the evil Spider-Man. There's mm. a 
villain. Okay. I forget what it's called. I did a cake for um, a customer and it was a base, like a square base. And then I had his head coming out and then like, I did a whole thing, but I used fruit roll up for the tongue. Oh, cool. I love and that. I was that. Like, and that was something I was like, oh, well, I'm, instead of just fondant, I think that would look real and you can fold it and bend it. Yeah. So it this big tongue coming out. It was very cool. That's so cool. And like, you just got to mm. think outside the box. It's super exactly. fun when you get to be creative. And I've used string, you know, those, um, like, um, they're Twizzlers that are yes. rolls. I've used those for like rings around planets and space cakes. Love so that. It's a matter of thinking and food and like what else you can put on there. Totally. Totally. Um, okay. Nanette from Instagram writes, I love using fruit and cakes, like in the middle layer with buttercream, you know, in between the layers of cake, but a lot of the time they kind of, well, bleed through the cake. Do you have any tips? So certain fruits will work better for that. Unfortunately, okay. most people, not unfortunately, because it is delicious. A lot of people want strawberries. And actually Hundred, like in whipped cream. Yeah, yeah. And whipped cream is not great for that because it will kind of bleed through. But I think most people know that that's going to happen. And you just, it's just a part of it, I guess. But one thing you can do if you want to take the extra step to make um, ganache is you can use ganache in the layer. So put mm. a thin layer of, um, you could even do a layer of buttercream and make a little bit of a well and put some ganache in and then put your fruit on that. And so it won't bleed into the frosting. It'll, the ganache will stop it from going in farther to the cake, but you could use blueberries instead. Um, you know, even blackberries wouldn't necessarily bleed as much raspberries do, but not as much as strawberries. I don't know if like cutting them and kind of putting them on a uh, tea towel or a paper towel might help, but you yeah. don't really want strawberries sitting out can get kind of, you don't want them to lose any of their freshness. So I would just cut them and put them right in and just totally. know, and make sure you cover them with buttercream on both sides and that'll mm. help prevent it. But the ganache will help for sure. Yeah. Because so when you say strawberry, it's so funny. I can picture that there's that one certain cake in where they have the ring of beautiful cut straw. Yeah. yeah. And, and then they cut the gorgeous slice out and everything's yeah. layered perfectly. It blows my mind. Cause there's absolutely no way <laughs> mm -hmm. <It> <laughs> unless I had a lot of time and patience. Oh, to stand them up like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. That that'd be Photoshop too. Hi, you need those. There's these ring things you could get to acetate rings that are collars. Yeah. And so you use those with like a spring form pan so you can build up the size. That's what they do for, excuse me, like the naked layer cakes for milk bar. So yeah. if you want to make one of those and those are great because they're a little faster because you're not, you're not scraping and trying to get the smooth buttercream. Mm -hmm. So that would actually be one tip back to the nailed it person is to try yeah. to do a, a naked cake like that. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot less room for error when you're doing those. Yeah. And really, as I believe Julia child said, there mm -hmm. really are no mistakes in the kitchen. Like they're just <laughs> happy accidents or your friends know, family will be happy to eat it. Yeah, exactly. Who said that? But I fully stand by it. Um, <laughs> Alana in South Carolina writes, I try, I mean, try to follow the recipe, but you know, sometimes I miss a thing or two. Alana, I hear you. Like when things need to be air quotes, room temperature, it gets me every time. I never know what really is room temperature. Every room could be a different temperature. And sometimes <laughs> the butter gets too warm or egg whites aren't warm enough. How do you know when something really is, air quotes, room temperature? And do you have any hacks to getting the room temperature quickly when someone forgets? So yes. 
So for butter, room temperature means that you want to just be able to touch it and your finger will leave an indentation. Oh, that's good to know. So not liquidy, <laughs> not liquidy. That's a perfect softness. And some microwaves have a really good soften button or a good defrost. Mine has a defrost setting. I forget butter a lot. And so if I, I figured it out, if I'm putting two sticks in on like a plate, the defrost, the first part, which is like 20 seconds on low power actually works really well. Another thing you can do that I've heard people say, which I've never done. Cause it just seems funny, but I actually one day tried, you put your butter in a Ziploc bag and you, while you're getting all your ingredients together and like getting all your mise en place, you yep. put it under your armpit. <laughs> Shut up. So it's in the bag. So it's all protected and Ziploc, but you have such body heat there that if you kind of walk around with it under your arm, <laughs> did it work? Have you done it? You haven't done it. I did it once or I tried to make my kids do it. And they're like, you're weird mom. No, <laughs> but another thing you can do did it work? No. Well, yeah, it does. It does. Okay. It totally does. Okay. Another thing you do is get a, get a bowl and fill it with hot water uh-huh. and then put the butter underneath and pull it to turn the bowl over. Yeah. So that's one thing for eggs. I, uh, a lot of times I'm, we have chickens, which is great. So ours are always out. They're yeah. always at room temperature, but today I've been making so many cakes this week, um, that I had to buy some. And so I just take them out in the morning, but if I forget, I put them in a bowl of hot water and it only takes like hmm. 30 seconds and then they're totally fine. Oh, really? Yeah. A minute, maybe. I mean, I put them in and probably forget about them for a couple of minutes. You don't want boiling water, of course, but just like hot water from the tap for like around a minute will be, will be fine. Of course you have chickens. Of course <laughs> you have your own chickens. It just kills me. That kills me. Okay. Those are wicked good tips because I'm going to need them all. So Alana, thank you for asking. And Sarah, thank you for uh, saying all those wonderful things. Seth from Facebook writes, I'm looking to buy a few new things to bake with in the kitchen. Do you have a top must have baking list? I mean, anything from a new mixer to gadgets. Um, it's a, it's a lot, but the number one thing is a scale, a good kitchen scale. Couldn't agree more. And with baking and I get very frustrated sometimes when I'm trying to find a recipe, if I'm like, Oh, I want a specific recipe for this. And I find one and it's not in, in, and like, if it's not scaled out, then I'm like, I'm not going to, I don't trust. I won't even touch it. Recipe writer. Mm-mm. So, um, I'll go somewhere else, but scale is number one. Um, if you're doing cakes, a turntable is really important. Um, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, you can do a lot with very basic stuff. An offset spatula. Yeah. And um, not the large ones, the mini ones. I use more because I don't I don't use the large ones as much with decorating. I use the big cake scrapers or I use my uh, my bench spray scraper quite a bit. But offset spatulas and then a lots of, you know, mini, mini spatulas. I'm obsessed with. I use so mm. many. If you're coloring a lot of different frostings and stuff, like mm-hmm. I can't have enough. I love all things mini, mini whisks. <laughs> Well, you are, you know, it's not like you're six feet tall. You like (laughs) compact things. You're, you're an adorable compact person. I understand that mini whisks. Who uses a mini whisk? I do all the time, which is so funny. Well, when I'm, when I'm doing food colorings and I'm like, if I'm trying to add the powder and with the thing, like how many mini whisks do you have? I only have one. I had two. I broke one. I need, I need more. I need to get more. How many mini spatulas do you have? Like four. It's not enough. You still need more. 
I probably have six, but one of them is long and it doesn't count. And the other one's too long. Like, oh, like one of those mini spatulas that you can scoop out a, a jar the peanut with? butter, the yeah. long, uh-huh. yeah, which that, I mean, it, it'll do the job if I need to, but I prefer. <laughs> Such an adorable human. Okay. Last one. Josh from Instagram writes, since I'm sure you bake all the time. I'm sure you've learned a lot along the way. What are some of your top baking tips for anyone looking to improve in the kitchen? That's so tricky too. Again, scales. Scales is number one. Use a scale always. Um, And and again, it's just practice. Like I said, with the sourdough, it's been... It's been two years now and my bread's gotten really, if I don't, if I don't, this is one thing I can say with confidence. It's freaking delicious. I make really good sourdough bread. And I recently gave a starter to a friend of mine who is obsessive um, as well with food. We actually tried out, we were almost on MasterChef together (gasps) years ago. Oh my God. The story for another time. And he's, he's a good friend of mine. And my uh, his wife, who I'm close with, was like, if you guys get on, you need to like make out and have some dramas and they know you're married, but I'll, I'll allow it so you can stay on longer. I'm like, you're insane. That's not happening. No, <laughs> but, no. but anyway, pass. That's a Yeah. So I just gave him some starter and his bread was good, but I could see the difference in terms mm. of like after just so much practice. And it's not the starter because he's using the same starter I am. Um, it's just knowing when it's ready, knowing when yeah. something proof knowing the like the window test and just like it's getting touching it over and over and over again so really the only tips I have is practice which is no and I agree but I mean it's also so I'm not sure where Josh lives so if you live in a higher elevation it's knowing your oven if you live in a drier climate it's knowing your environment or or if you live in a human climate it's knowing your environment because baking moisture is everything. So, you know, and, and that's why measuring things out with a scale is key, but then also practicing and touching things and, and realizing that no matter how many times you and I have done what we do between baking and food photography, we both are still learning. Yeah. I, I humbly every day learn something new there is nothing I have ever mastered in my lifetime. And I am very proud to say that because I'm, I'm glad you said oven. Sorry to interrupt, but no. I'm, I'm going to forget if I don't say it, say it's it. very important to check your oven temperature. So yes. make sure you have a oven separate thermometer, thermometer that yes. you can put in and just run a check to make sure, because if it can make a difference. So another tip for baking cakes is a lot of recipes call for three to three fifty. I think three twenty five is better. You'll yeah. get a more even rise. It takes longer, but I think they're, um, mm. a, it's a better texture. It stays moist as well too. So bake at three twenty five. Yeah. And just don't get so, um, stressed about it. I have friends that like could never bake a cake. Cause they like, oh, I'm going to mess everything up, but it's okay. If you mess up. It's okay. Yeah. Like, it's not going to be inedible. I mean, unless you forget like sugar, no, then you make a cake powder or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, but, um, it, it, it'll turn out. Okay. It doesn't have to be perfect. I guess no, everything like, stop, always stop turns out driving yeah. for perfection. It's hard for me to say, cause I'm a wicked perfectionist, but, yeah. um, when you're just trying and practicing, like just know that it's, it's not going to be perfect the first time or the fifth or the 10th time. So no, and it, it, it's going to, you're always at the more you practice, the more you're going to improve and the more you're going to learn. And the more, yeah. as you said, at the top, you're going to be more confident in the kitchen. And that's the whole point of all of this is just building up your own confidence in anything that you're doing, because then you're going to do it better. I guarantee it. I guarantee yeah. it. 
So one tip I guess would be to yeah. read the recipe like three times. Like before. everyone says that <laughs> I've got a few cookbooks though. I, I have a few cookbooks, baking cookbooks, and the author specifically says you must read the recipe three times. You uh, must, because yeah. we all glaze through it and then you get everything out and you might glaze through it again, but you don't really sit there and, and read through all of the little notes and those I, lengthy recipes are there for a reason. They're they not are. just filler words on a page. And especially if you're reading like a blog post where there's a lot more detail, it's because they've tested this so many times. So it really does help to read. So that's another tip, I guess. It really does help to read all of the notes. And sometimes it helps to read the comments too. Um, But even last night I was making a a food recipe, a dinner recipe, which because I, this I'm such a dork here. I helped the local library and I host a spice club. (laughs) That's adorable. Oh, we were doing, um, uh, the dish was like chicken paprika was one. It's like, there's some people that have very basic, like don't even have paprika in their spice cabinet. So we, I had to choose some recipes and I, you know, I kind of went blind and stuff that I had made before. So I was making the dish last night. I read it like twice quickly. I forgot a whole ingredient. (laughs) I'm not good. And it was okay. I'm like, it's really missing something. Like it could be a little like sweeter. I miss like the bell pepper, which is, it it was optional, but it's pretty like, I know my kids wouldn't have liked it anyways. So maybe I subconsciously didn't do it, but yeah. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, what do you, what I do, (laughs) right? I was just going to ask you, what are you making at home? So you're making, so you made chicken paprikash or chicken paprika. Are you making anything else this weekend that you're like pumped on making? I'm not, no, I don't have any plans this weekend, which is great. Cause I have a lot of cakes coming and um, maybe I'll do some brunch, but I've been obsessed with um, a lot of a lot of, um, like middle Eastern food. I just, mm. I just got a giant, so I'll be just putting Zatar and everything. Cause I yeah. just burlap and barrel. And one of my favorite spice companies have been out of their Zatar for yeah. two years. And I got spice walls, which was okay, but it wasn't green enough. I had to add my own oregano to it. And we're burlap and barrel. They actually use real Zatar, the herb from Palestine. And it's yeah. so good. So I just ordered some, I got the giant one. So basically, and I need to make hummus. And so I'll just be eating like matzo and like halloumi. All I want to eat is halloumi. Um, oh, so yeah. And then I now love that. It's, it's, we're moving into the warmer months and yeah. I feel like there'll be a lot of grilling. There'll be a lot of like Greek food going on. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, um, I'm totally with you on that. We actually went to a Lebanese place mm. for lunch a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, I was like, I am so happy here. Do you have the cookbook Palestine on a plate? I don't, I, I have it in my, in my, like, okay. um, highly recommend it book, but I have a bunch of Yotam Atalangi books. Sure. I have Eden out loud, which is, mm-hmm. um, Eden is her name. She's like the Padma of Canada. She's yeah. like the top chef there. Her that book's really good. Um, yeah, but awesome. I follow the Palestine person. She's great. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. And her recipes super straightforward. Lots of great fresh ingredients. Um, really like it. So promote yourself. How can people find you? How can they get a hold of you? How can they get your delicious cakes? Um, I need to start an Instagram. I have a Facebook page that is just Sarah's sweets and custom cakes. I'm really bad at coming up with names. Eventually you're going to have years, a good name. And eventually you already, I, told well, me I have a name for a brick and mortar. I would love to have yeah. a wine store, like a retail wine with a back door uh-huh. kind of bakery. And it would be like cork and crumb. I feel oh, like that would be really fun. 
one. Yeah. Um, but that's a few years. My kids are a little young and it's too much right now. Um, but down the, down the hole, hopefully, but, um, Sarah sweets and custom cakes on Facebook. And I just at Sarah McKinley on Instagram and I post a lot of pictures, but I will be starting another page for that. Love that. Okay. You know, it's and coming. I, do, I can ship, I can, well, I yep. can ship cakesicles, um, cause they ship really well Ooh. and maybe mac- macarons as well. Okay, yeah. great. So listen to that people across the United States, mm-hmm. Sarah shipping. So get your orders in now and support my fabulous friend. So the question that I ask everyone it's coming yet again. If, <laughs> and I got to stop saying if COVID wasn't a thing, it is a thing, but it, Definitely. you know, yeah. Or where are you going to travel now that you can, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Know? Where are you going to, all right. All right. I love that. All right. Let's start it again. So where are you going to travel now that you can, and you have all the money in the world and what are you going to eat? Oh, I forgot about this. <laughs> yeah. It was coming. It was coming. To um, I still think, I think I might've said Greece the last time, but I'm still there. Cause obviously <laughs> I haven't been, <laughs> but I want to go to Greece and I love all the fresh white wine there and the food and it would be amazing. Um, I always want to go to Europe. I would love to go to, I've been a lot around Northern and like middle of Northern Italy. I haven't been to Southern Italy. So that oh, would yeah. be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. No. And go to Sicily, the wine in Sicily. Yes. Mount Chef's Etna. kiss. So delicious. Yeah. So delicious. Awesome. My friend, I can't thank you enough for coming on and talking to us all about cakes. This won't be the last time. I love you to pieces. Thank you. Thank you. It was great talking to you. Alrighty. Bye. Bye. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast this week. It was such a pleasure to talk with you. I love you. I adore you. And you make delicious cakes. I'll link all of Sarah's information in the show notes. Check them out on my website, elizabethrfuller.com. Tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram at Let's Go on a Food Adventure. And if you have questions for the podcast, hit me up. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. All right, you guys, lead with kindness. Make some yummy food together this weekend, and I'll see you next Friday. Bye.